Hey, thanks for tuning in to another episode of RNS on the Never Sleeps Network. I'm your host, Alex Ross. Faisal Butt is a self-proclaimed degenerate turned professional comedian and now new father. His comedy stems from being raised by Muslim Pakistani parents who moved to Montreal. And at school, Faisal first learned to use comedy to deflect people from his last name. But Faisal eventually worked his way from Montreal to Toronto. Faisal won SiriusXM's Top Comic, winning the opportunity to open for Russell Peters. You can now see Faisal hosting regularly at the Absolute Comedy Club in Midtown Toronto. Faisal is a sweet guy with lots of experience, and he knows exactly where he stands in the comedy landscape. Together, we praise some of our favorite comics and solid advice givers like local comedian Ali Hassan, also from Montreal, and Hannibal Burris, the biggest comedian at this very moment. So stay tuned for another episode of Ross Never Sleeps on the Never Sleeps Network with my guest, Faisal Butt. How are you? Good. Yeah, where are you coming from? You come from work? And then, yeah, and then a, a little bit of a detour? Did you have to... No, I have time to kill. And then Good. I was like, I wanted a pita, and then the sub streetcar dropped me off right in front of a pita place. You mean the one here? Right across. It's a pita land. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if, if only they were our sponsor right now, then we'd have a reason to actually talk about them. Ah, oh, come on, Peter Land, let's get on this. <laughs> Hashtag Peter now. So as a budding comedian and talking about sponsorships, what's like the ultimate goal? Like I know the ultimate goal ultimately is to work in the industry, but where do you see that starting for like budding comedians? I mean, I don't know where you consider yourself, but... You know, you recently come off winning a serious XM over the last couple of years of competition. Yeah. Is commercial work? Is is getting an agent? What's the what's the step to making sure that you're not working at your part-time job anymore? Yeah, uh, and that's a great question. Right off the bat, we're not pulling any punches here. I mean, I started off just doing stand-up, and that's all I wanted to do. And then you start to realize, like... In Canada, there's like not that much money, unfortunately. Like on the Yucks roster, there's a handful of guys that can make a living every year. So, and I'm still like, I'm just a middler, just started a headline. So even like that took so many years. And there's only so many clubs you can headline. Uh, so I started dabbling with acting. And then like when I won Sirius, I, I kind of got a bunch of offers or auditions for different things. And one of them was, uh, I was in one, my One Demand last year. Remember the you remember Goodfellas? Remember the scene where he's bringing the girl through the kitchen? It's just like this one tracking shot, right? And then he finally ends up at the table, and he's like, "What do you do?" I mean, construction. So my one demand was essentially a, a movie about seven characters, and the camera follows one character throughout Toronto, and then that character meets the other person, and then so I was one of those characters, and I was essentially playing myself. But all of a sudden, I was like, oh, "I think I can do this. I think I can play." a version of Faisal Butt. So I'm trying to dabble and use the word dabble a lot more too, but uh, try to get more acting work. I mean, my girl is like, you should do commercials. And I don't think I have TV teeth, so you won't see me in like <laughs> a Hellman mayonnaise ad or like... Well, I don't know. Character is a big driver for people. What's going to separate you from, like you said, a almost saturated Canadian market 
what's gonna i mean obviously you know we're talking about teeth you know in light but in general when i watch television we have a mutual friend who's been on the show ali ali hassan and ali was just in a manulife commercial that's right yeah <laughs> shout out to manulife thanks for the sponsorship by the way um you know ali is an actor to pay the bills for sure like he's one of the best comedians in the city as far as i'm concerned yeah absolutely and you know even for him he's doing like five to ten shows a night yeah. Half of them maybe pay a bit. I think the focus too is he's got four kids. Yeah. Oh right? God, yeah. So on my birthday, my my girl was like, I'm pregnant. And I was like, oh, I thought you got me an Xbox, but I'm like, this is good too. But I just found out that I was in this contest. And I was like, to her credit too, I was like, This is amazing. I really need to focus on this show in September. And to her credit, she was like, Okay, yeah, do it, because that was gonna set us up. But like it took I almost took like her being pregnant for me to be like, oh, I have to do this for real. There's no, there's no messing around or be like, you know what? I'll do a set tomorrow. Uh, and I really hustled. And now that this baby's here, all of a sudden now, like, you know, my drive, my discipline, like all of that is just like, it's not the same. I'm, I'm not that comic that's just like smoking weed and just sort of like, I'm going to play PS4. I mean, I do that occasionally, but. As you should. Yeah. But I think you nailed it on the head there when you said the hustle. And that's, yeah. that's what I kind of meant with Ali, you know, Ali's got the hustle, I mean, yeah. which is why he's doing commercials, which is why he's doing stand up every night, which is why he's driving all of his brands. Yeah. I mean, four kids, if that's not going to make you hustle, I don't know what is. Yeah. And I remember meeting him in Montreal, just on the open mic scene. We were just open mic comics, but that was one thing that just came across was how driven and he had a goal and he got pretty much everything. For me, it took a, a while to catch my break. I think that would have been 2014. He's also been doing it for 10 years. Yeah, I started before him. So Okay. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. I think I'd maybe been doing it like a year and a half before, okay. before he came on the scene. I was never into acting at the time. And I was I was like, improv, what a boring art. And now I love improv. And now it's something like I, I try to take as many classes as I can, you know, taking acting classes. And, I, and I've gotten a bunch of cool stuff, like Just for Laughs, JFL. I did the Oddball Festival. And I did all of this with no agent or no manager. So I got everything, like the debaters, like they just called me, you know. So I had a good enough name. And, I, you know, I could deliver. I think it was Hannibal Burris told me, he goes, uh, it's like, oh, I have a comedy question for you. And before he even said anything, he goes, write a lot, perform a lot, don't be an asshole. If that doesn't answer your comedy question, go ahead. What is it? I'm like, nobody. You, you just answered it. You know, and He's he, the best right now. He really is. He, and for so many reasons, because he is a solid person. I've met him in Brooklyn at the Knitting Factory where he used right. to do his regular... Yeah, that's I, I think right. he still might, actually. I, yeah, I think so. I think he might have guest hosts, or, but I think it's still going... I once saw him host uh, Sabrina Jalice. Okay. How, how random. Great. And because she and I went to the... Well, we live in the same city, but we went to the same university program. And now I'm watching her at the Knitting Factory in Brooklyn being hosted by Hannibal Burris. Like, life was just like... You know, you realize even just like in another country, as close to the border as it's a whole other country, a whole other world. And yet all these connecting factors are still bringing you back to Toronto, the things you love. Yeah. And Hannibal Burris is one of those things I love. Yeah. That's funny how that all ties I together. I, I remember, I think this was 1996. And my friend, she was like, hey, do you want to go see this comedian, Russell Peters? Uh, my cousins is really good friends with him. And I knew who he was. I'm like, yes, I yes, we have to go. And this is when he was just doing comedy clubs. And she picks me up. We go downtown. We go to the condo. 
I remember meeting Russell. Like he was just like such a sweetheart and just like really funny. He's just like nonstop jokes. And I remember watching him perform for maybe like 140 people. And then we hung out afterwards and I was like, uh, Russell, I really wanted to, I really want to try to do stand up. He's like, you should. Cause you know, I've kind of paved the way. And that was, and that was true. And I would start doing stand up maybe like a couple of years later after I won the serious thing. One of the things was all the finalists got to open for Russell Peters while he was doing like a, a national tour. So, so it was just a weird thing. Like. I mean, I don't think he remembered. Like, Russell, do you remember back in 96? And I, and so now I get to open for him, you know, like one of my comedy heroes sure. in, at Kingston Arena. So, yeah, so I'm very, I'm very big on, like, synchronicity and things sort of happening. Like, something happening in 97. Like, why did that happen? And then... 20 th- years later. I'm like, oh, that's why that happened. Yeah, no, and know? I believe in that, too. And I'm not a big person who... I'm not big into fate or karma, per se, but I do feel like... We're all connected, especially if we all have similar passions. The world gets smaller, you know? Like, there's only so many comedians on that level that you're going to interact with. Yeah, absolutely. So, now that you're 20 years later, what's your advice to, to you in 96 or somebody like you in 96? I guess it would be write a lot, perform a lot, don't be an asshole still. Thanks, Hannibal. <laughs> I think, you know, uh, as corny, like, if you were just, like, write all your goals down and just like put them up. That's that one of the things I did was just sort of like, not like a vision board. Like I knew I, I wanted to do just for laughs. I knew I wanted to do a bunch of things and I just never lost focus, right? I think the only advice would be like, just keep making good art and don't stop and just keep trying to just keep creating every day and like probably don't start smoking weed. I think that would have <laughs> been, yeah, I started drinking at 30 but I started smoking weed at like 18. So there's a, there's, I feel like some years that were just not as productive now, do as you, they should be. Do you think that marijuana in general is not productive or doesn't help you be productive? Or if somebody is already not very productive, now they're giving them a hobby that kind of gives them a little bit of an escape. It kind of makes them even more less productive, if that makes any sense. No, it does. I And, and I know what you mean, but... I, and I'm never going to say like, hey, man, you should stop. If you can smoke weed and get everything done, then cool. I knew for me, it would be like, I would smoke weed. I'm like, well, I don't really feel like writing. I don't feel good about myself. I'll smoke another joint and then I'll like make myself feel better. And now I've wasted like eight hours, right? And so now I have like a better system. So like I only smoke when it's night. I smoke when I've like finished things that I was supposed to do. Like if I was supposed to write or send like emails out to bookers. If I've had a productive day, then like that's a great reward, but not, oh, I didn't do anything today except smoke weed. So now I'm like, you know, I'm a loser. And you're rewarding yourself with smoking more weed where you're rewarding productivity with enjoying a treat, whether it be weed, alcohol, whatever your your vice is. Yeah. You want to pop some pills on a Tuesday morning? Sure. Well, did you get everything done on Monday? Okay. Well, then go ahead. Do it. You then know, I think, whatever. yeah, and then I think that's really more of what you're, you know, getting out there as far as, I know, it's so hard. I, I, I being a THC advocate over stuff like alcohol or even coffee or, or whatever, right. I think that if you're lazy, you're not going to get your shit done, period. If yeah, you're smoking right. weed on top of it, then you're for sure not getting your, your shit but done. But I, I think weed is like also like an enhancer. So if you were a go-getter and you smoke weed, like that's just going to make you a little bit more of a go-getter if you but if you're lazy and you smoke weed well then now you're lazier so listen to Faisal but lazy people put the weed down yeah up with hope down with dope down with dope so 
what are your some of your favorite comedy clubs in the city? My home club is Absolute Comedy. Okay, great. Uh, on Young and Eglinton. So that, that took a couple of years for me to get past there. So now I host pretty regularly there. Comedy Bar is just a great spot to it's just a like, hub. yeah. Uh, during JFL 42, I had my own show there. I had my solo show, so it was just cool. Like, I would come in earlier and just like hang with some of the comics and then do my show, and then like other comics would be there. So it was just like, it's just a great hang. It's, it's a, a great, great breeding ground, yeah, too. Yeah, there's a lot of great improv improvisers, sketch guys, comics. Yeah, I think that's you know? probably the most popular improv club, yeah. In the city. And we very rarely, like those three, like on the Venn diagram, do we do we meet? And it's usually going to be at Comedy Bar, you know? So, and then like that, that's a great place to network. I hate using that word, but like to network or just be like, hey, I'm, you know what? We're doing a sketch. Would you like to do this thing? You know? So but you have to, especially in yeah, this absolutely. city. I mean, the networking is, is part of why you're doing this. One of my best friends, uh, Rodney Ramsey, he's a, he's a great actor and comic in Montreal. One of the first things he said to me, this is great advice, but he was like, try to be friends with as many people as possible. And, and at the time, I'm like, huh, I'm not fake. What? But I knew what he meant. But it was just like, just be cool with as many, you know, write a lot, perform a lot, don't be an asshole. Exactly. I, think, I was just going to say, go right? back to Hannibal, Hannibal Burris, Burris and you'll yeah. understand why well, that's so important and so much a part of your art, the yeah. networking. Yeah. I, I mean, and you just got to be patient, too, because everything, you know, there's a there's a timeline. There's a lot of newer comics uh, that'll come in, and they just want to, like, skip steps. Like, I've been doing comedy for eight months. I think I could do weekends. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. No. Trust me. You might you think you did well at, like, this pizza place in front of your, your, yeah. your comic friends, but it's a different beast when you do a weekend show. And so... I just say, like, immerse yourself and take your time and just be cool with it. Because I remember, like, there was a booker out west and I was trying to get, like, a tour going. This was, like, two years ago. Uh, hey, yeah, great. You know what? We'll get back to you. She never got back to me. Then, like, a year ago, I was like, hey, I won this thing and I did this and I did this. Like, that's great. You know what? Let me get back to you. Then I just called her last week and I was like, hey, blank. Uh, it's me. I was just following up. I know it's some time. And, uh, She's like, ah, that's right. You know, we've spoken a couple times. She's like, you've always been nice. You know what? How about September? And there was like six cities just like that. So, and it was just like, it was just me being patient and cool, you know, and awkward a little bit. And she remembered that, but she remembered, she's like, yeah, you were never like, cause there's a lot of people like, Hey, you need to book me. You need to get me in a, into Cranbrook and Saskatoon. There's people that come out demanding stuff. I'm like, well, no. We don't have to do anything because you're, you know, that's... That's part of being an asshole. Yeah. Or yeah. not being an asshole. And I just stayed the course. I was cool. I mean, like, yeah, it's frustrating when someone's like, yeah, we'll get back to you. And then, like, and then nothing. And then I'm following up a year later. But I just stayed the course. And so now, you know, so now hopefully that'll that'll pan out in September. So Okay. What else do you have coming up? There's a, a web series that I, I got cast in from for Bell Media, and that's going to drop probably in May. That's great. Yeah, so that was like a nine part thing, and that was that was that's what actually pushed me into like, oh, I can definitely do acting because before I would just be like, hey, oh my god, does anyone want to smoke weed? Like just playing a, an ex, uh, exaggerated version of myself. Sure. But this one was like, you know, I had lines where i'm talking to my brother and i'm getting emotional i was like and the the director like hey man that was really good because my my concern is always like i'm not an actor and a lot of times that's why i get booked because i'm not an actor i'm just stand up a little bit more natural yes and then this one so now yes and i'm just sort of trying to take some different like 
acting classes. Do you have an agent? No, still, but still, like, there's some discussions going on. Do you want to want to put out a feeler right now? You want to? What, what would the perfect agent be if they were to reach out to you after listening to this? What do you want them to to fulfill? Definitely want to do some more some more voice work. There you go. Right, uh, like animated stuff. I'd love that. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of want to be in a Tim Hortons commercial too. Just and for the nostalgia. Yeah, uh, I just I was like, it's a rite of passage. <laughs> I feel like you need to you need to get that. I think Ali's done one. I feel like I'm sure Ali's done a little he's bit of done everything. Just about yeah, just about yeah. everything. And uh, he's got and, four kids. Remember? And and I realize like I'm I'm not like I'm 38. I look like I'm the bad guy from True Lies. I get that, <laughs> but I don't want to be like oh I'm gonna be the star. And my name is Faisal Butt. So if I they might you know they might be like you need to Hollywood up your name. You're like all right, call me Faisal Buttons, or I use my middle name Buttons. Fa- right? Yeah, I've been think I was toying with that, and I was like, is that too? And everyone was like, yeah, that just sounds too cute. And I was like, Faisal Buttons. That's not <laughs> Faisal Buttons, or my middle name, which is Kareem. So I'd be like Faisal Kareem. You know, like that's a little bit too exotic, or you know, I don't know. Well, Goldstein, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what well, it takes. For sure, if you're going to Hollywood, your name. Faisal Goldstein. You have so much material that comes out of your name. Yeah. Do you absolutely. find that you go back to the drawing board and be like, I need a new joke about my name? Now that I have this daughter, I got this baby. Um, so I just sort of like, so now like the bit is kind of like when we were trying to pick out a name for our daughter. And then ultimately, you know, my girl and I had to have this heart to heart. In the interest of this baby, we you know the baby needed to take my girl's last name for sure, right? Because I'm not going to name my daughter, you know, Maya Butt. <laughs> like, I just wasn't you so know, easy, but it's so good, you know. Uh, yeah. So then, so we picked. So you know, the baby's taking my girl's last name, which is Fart House. So I think it'll be uh, Slo- uh, Sloan Fart House. I think so she, good. She'll be all right. Uh, I'm a sucker for a good fart joke, right? <laughs> Or yeah. butt joke. Yeah, uh, throughout history. So then, you know, you're getting picked on as a kid, obviously, with a name like Faisal Butt. And yeah. it's part of your act. I've seen your act. Are you just, like, writing the notes down from your past history of just, like, what did they call me? Why was... What's funny? What sticks out? But I think that's when I, I realized the power of, like, comedy to diffuse the situation. Because I remember this kid, and it was in front of everyone, he's like, ah, your last name's Bud, right? <laughs> Your last name's Butt. And, like, people would come up with, like, the worst type of jokes. Like, I could probably come up with better jokes just growing up. You know, like, hey, is your middle name <laughs> Kiss My? You know, and then I'd obviously come up with something better. But I remember the first time this kid was trying to, like, get me down. He's like, your last name's Butt. I just remember just getting vicious. But I was like, yeah, you know what? My last name is Butt, and my dad's an engineer. Your dad's a waiter. <laughs> we live in a house. You live in an apartment. So what? And then people were just like, ooh, ah, and like that, it just, like that kid just shriveled up. And I just remember like, oh yeah, if I'm, if I'm like snappy and trying to make funny, like people will not, it, also if you make it look like, oh, you're really getting to me, people are going to keep persisting, but like, it just didn't bother me. And I was able to like, just sort of diffuse them. But I think, yeah, I think I still have weird things attributed to my name. You must still on. You must have at thirty eight. You, you know? must have flashbacks even. Oh, constantly. Yeah. yeah. Like a whole gymnasium and everyone like won this prize and they're like, Oh, I got this medal thing. And it was like a weird shining moment and then uh Yeah, there's the whole school is there and then like they're like, All right, everyone say your names and there's like John Smith, Allison Davidson and I'm like, Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> can I have to say my name in front of like 300 students? And I just remember going, Faisal Butt, and everyone was laughing. And I was just like, okay, how do I just stand your ground? But at the, in the moment, I was like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go straight John Wick right now. I wanted to kill everyone, you know? I was like, no, that's too, that's also a horrible reference. <laughs> John Wick? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, but like... But my teacher afterwards was like, oh, how did you... Like, she made a big deal of like, how did you feel about that? And uh, she was also one of the first teachers that was like... It was actually in her class where I was like, oh, comedy. I could use comedy to diffuse things. So That moment must have, you know, helped yeah. bring you to that Yeah, absolutely. Thought. Shout out to Madame Jacques. So you mentioned your dad was an engineer. Yeah. What kind of engineer? Uh, he was. Um, he worked f- up north. Okay. Right. Um, <laughs> which is called the Dew Line, which is the distant early warning line. It was basically they were monitoring the airwaves. So like Russia, if Russia was going to do a sneak attack and come from that that way, they were the first line to be like to basically warn North America. Like, oh, there's a bunch of ships that are going to be, you know, a bunch of planes that are going to be coming over here to to bomb us. So he was. Like, he was just basically monitoring airwaves. And when you told him that you wanted to be a comedian, how uh, did he take the news? At that point, I he really... I, like, I'd worn him down, you know? I, don't, I was already a bad kid. I really wasn't the greatest in school. I was, I was horrible at math, so he was like, is this even my son? You know, like... <laughs> I mean, that's why I asked, yeah, right? You, you, know, know? you can't even do calculus, you know? Um, What's your background? We're Pakistani. Okay, so a, a Pakistani father who's an engineer... Yeah. Has a troublemaking son. Yes. Who he could either go to jail or become a comedian. That's right. Those are pretty much his options. Yeah. So you wore him down. Mother too? Were were both parents kind of? You know, my dad was gone for six months at a time. So she was like, so that's part of it. Like having like, ah, he's out of control. So my dad's calling me, you know, through a satellite phone from up from the Arctic. You know, and he's just like, yeah, you stop giving your mom a hard time. I'm like, whatever, dad. You know, but then he the times that he was there and was just like straight disciplines. He's like, you're not going out, you're hitting the books. And I, you know, I was never really a fan of school, but I knew I wanted to do stand up. And they're like, yeah, you know what? You could still do stand up. You could go to school and do stand up. You could still work and go do stand up. And I was like, okay. sure. Okay. Um, and they didn't understand what, you know, what, what stand up or what that world was about. And then, you know, I just kept grinding and kept grinding and hustling. And then I didn't tell them we used to get the newspaper delivered to our house. And there was an article written about me, Iman, and Ali Hassan. It was all about Muslims doing stand-up. And the first line of the article was like, Faisal Bud is a stand-up comic, is a, is a hilarious stand-up comic you've never heard of. So all of a sudden now, like, it's Sunday and everyone's calling my my family like, oh my God, have you seen the newspaper? Have you seen the newspaper? And then that's when it kind of clicked. That's a great story. You know, that's when they're like, oh, our son. And then, and then when I did open for Russell, like my mom and dad had never seen me do standup. Oh, may I was waiting for this. Yeah, they never seen they never seen me do standup. So now I have like, you know, they they asked me like, we have two VIP tickets. I'm like, yeah, that's going to be for my mom and dad. I like my whole family was there, but they were in like this VIP section, and now there's like seven thousand people. We you know before they let everyone in, Russell's brother Clayton and his manager was like, hey, do you guys want to just come on stage and see what it's like? And so I just remember seeing my mom and dad just sort of looking out into this empty stadium and then just like oh wow our son was gonna it was just like not registering and then you know they don't really know what my act was my mom was like it was funny i don't know understand all of it (laughs) also i didn't understand everything that russell was saying i'm like that's a good thing yeah 
It's a generational thing for sure. Yeah, and then you know they got to meet Russell, and so that oh, that wow. was like a cool moment for them, you know. And now people are like, "Oh, your son's doing stand up." Like, yeah, yeah, he uh, he did just Russell Peters. Yeah, and he did just for laughs. Oh, did your son? Did your son open for Russell? Uh, yeah, that's what I thought. And so now, <laughs> no, he's an engineer. Yeah, like <laughs> boring. So so people are asking them how I'm doing. That's incredible. That's a yeah. great story that comes full circle. Yeah. You know, it's not hard when you have parents from Pakistani who from Pakistan who don't necessarily understand the Western comedy culture, art forms. Not saying that they don't understand it, like it's that different, but their priorities are different. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the uh, ideally, they just want their kids to do better than they did, you know? Oh, so, like, yeah. You know, like, so... First-generation parents, man. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. And, you know, I was still, like, a nightmare kid in high school, but, like, I met my girl uh, six years ago. So, I've been in Toronto for six years, so I met my girl in Toronto, in Montreal. She used to work for Just for Laughs. She created Zoo Fest, which is, like, the fringe version of Just for Laughs. But at the time, I'd, like... <laughs> I'd been arrested for allegedly assaulting someone. So I remember actually calling my parents from jail. I'd be like, hey, like it's a collect call. I'm like, hey, I uh, kind of got arrested. <laughs> and it's my dad just like, I, I'm really getting too old. Like, I can't, I can't deal with this anymore. And it was like, in that moment, I was like, I need to like stop. Like, I was like drinking a bit too much. I was just partying a lot. And then that happens. And oddly enough, when I got released, I got released on a Monday and I had an audition at four o'clock. Uh, I got released at two and it was the audition was up the street from where like oh the courthouse was. <laughs> I get to the audition and I hear someone. I was like, oh, wait a minute. I know who that is. And all of a sudden, everyone's laughing and the door opens and it's Ali Hassan who walks out and he's dressed as the character. And I, was, and I see him and he's like, hey, what's up, buddy? I'm like, don't go anywhere. I need to talk to you and I got to do this. So he's like in full gear, like as the character, I just got out of spending three days in prison. Oh my gosh. And I'm now I'm auditioning and I'm just, it's the worst audition. I'm like, I'm not sure Jim looks at Jim. And then, you know, and I told him, I'm like, I just got out of prison. I'm not an actor. I don't think I'm like, Ali was amazing though. Right. And they're like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the, one of the guys gave me 20 bucks and then Ali ended up getting that movie, and then he got, like, three more movies. So, you're welcome. Oh, totally. You need to now follow every yeah. um, audition that Ali does, just so they realize how much better he is, he is in general. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're at one-two punch. But, I mean, I was later acquitted. <laughs> I met my girl. Uh, we Things were going amazing, and then we moved to Toronto, and then, like... Then everything just started kind of falling. Yeah, place, it sounds like you're you know? in an upswing. I mean, we're going to get back to the serious XM thing and, and talk about that. But so are you from Montreal? Originally from Montreal. Yeah. And that's where I started doing stand up. So your family moved to Pakistan to Montreal? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Cool. yeah in 1960 something. Why Montreal? Uh, my dad was in the Air Force okay. as well. And him and a couple of buddies, they were just like trying to make moves back in the day uh and they're like hey there's this there's this company that's hired marconi and they're they're working on some like some pretty innovative stuff using satellites so and we're all like engineers we could go there and that's basically like th you know three boys who grew up together were in the air force together and like do you want to let's go to montreal and the three of them came you know with their with their wives amazing and then they all had families so like what was growing up in Montreal like? Um, you know, it was great. We were we lived in the suburb. And we had a, we lived in a very like well, pretty not affluent, but it was a, it was a nice neighborhood. I, and it was weird because uh, I, grew, I was only growing up with like 
just like all white people. So I had to like kind of find, it took a while for me to be like, oh, I'm brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is my culture, you know, because it was all, uh, I was like a, essentially a brown kid who listened to hip hop, who only watched like Hong Kong action movies. Okay. So it was very removed, you know. Uh, Faisal's wearing a Wu-Tang Tang t-shirt shirt right now. So if that's not the ex- exact explanation of like yeah. a Jizza or a Rizza. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so you moved to Toronto. Six years ago. Yeah. Just because of the career, because um, I mean, you want to change. Things were going really good with the girl. And she was like, just to let you know, because she had just left for just for, and, and the, wor- the worst part was like, we met at a mutual friends going away party. And I just remember like, you know, I was kind of an asshole. Uh, and I was like, hey, hey, do you still work for Just for Labs? She's like, no, actually, I just quit like last week. And I was like, yeah, take it easy there. And I just remember like <laughs> kind of sauntering out. But we we started talking and then things just started going really good. And then she was like, before things get serious, I'm planning to move to Toronto. And I'm like, well, if this continues, then, then yeah, I'll come with you. And so, wow, you know, and, uh, yeah. And then like, you know, we start talking and she's just like, you know, just for laughs isn't the end all be all. Like, just because you do just for laughs doesn't mean like it, it's going to further your career. And I was like, cause at the time, that's all I wanted. That's all I wanted. I like, was going to like, whatever it was going to take. If I got to date someone who works for just for, like, that's what I'll do. <laughs> back in the day that's that was my thinking r- rather than like write good jokes and just like keep trying and then uh so now she's like the managing director of the toronto fringe festival that's amazing so she you know she really loves doing that a new mom she's a new mom yeah we got a 14 month old baby wow yeah and she's the reason why i've like i have any success i mean my second year in toronto i didn't really have a job i was just like just like this loser just doing open mics i was just like what is going on and she was basically doing all the heavy lifting and so that's why when like Sirius came along like it was just like my focus was just like i have to win this let's talk you about know? that progression sure how did that start how did you hear about the competition how did you apply get in what were the steps right yeah so i think this is probably their sixth or seventh year and uh in 2013, I applied, and I didn't get through. There's a whole weird, uh, I don't even know if I should say this, but like, there's a lore or legend where if you, if you perform and you tape yourself at a particular comedy club, bookers and festivals, they, like, they, don't, they automatically like, yeah, we're not going to take this guy. So that's the mistake I made. So I sent a clip from this comedy club. The next year, I've made sure to film it somewhere else. And then that's the year that clip. So basically, you, you just submit a clip, uh, and then they narrow it down. You pick your city that you want to audition. So I knew Toronto was going to be really hard to get into. So my strategy was, I'll take a bus, I'll go to Montreal, that's where I started out, and I'll just do the audition there. My chances it will get better. And, you know, Montreal comics who I'm friends with, all of a sudden, were like, why is he coming back here? What? He's not even a... Tr- Montreal comic, but like my, a hired gun coming back. Yeah, but my strategy was like, I'm gonna spend forty, fifty dollars on a bus ride and travel twelve hours to do six minutes to try to see if I can advance. And so I advanced with uh, Heidi Foss and Joey Elias, who are two like of Canada's best comics. So the three of us advanced in Montreal, and then what happens is there's an online voting portion. So now Heidi and Joey, you know, you're basically soliciting votes and asking people like hey can you vote for me so i'm just annoying people every day but i was like i just gotta do whatever it takes whatever it takes you know and then i got the call and like you advanced so you know 
Am I funnier than Heidi Foss or Joey Lice? Like, no. If they advanced, they probably would have won that contest. But I was relentless every day. I was just like asking pe- people I'd met, like, really nice to meet you. Can you vote for me? You know, and I'd pull out my phone. I'm like, here, just log in like this. So I advanced. And now I'm representing Montreal. And then the finals uh, are in JFL 42. So, like, there's the guy who advanced from Toronto, which was Pat Thornton, Darcy Michael out of Vancouver, and some other great comics from Ottawa and out east. And then it was just showtime. And I, I'm a big fan of Pat Thornton and, and Darcy Michael. Pat's one of my favorite local comedians. Yes. Yeah, and, and I say local as a Canadian. He's not even a yeah. Toronto comedian. He's a hilarious stand up. He's hilarious in sketches and act, like everything he does. He's and been he, on the show. Has he? Yeah. yeah. He's a sweetheart, too. Total sweet. And that's that, like, I mean, thank you, Pat. He was one of the first episodes, if not the first. And, you know, all those guys that pretty much spring out of the comedy bar and friends that are, are close with, with Gary Rideout. Uh, but Pat, you know, he's in a league of his own. Yeah, absolutely. Pat and Ali, you know, are two of my yeah. kind of pinnacles of Toronto comedy. Yeah, and I, I definitely agree. Like, I was a fan of Pat before I got to Toronto. Same. Like, so, yeah. so I knew who I knew who these guys was. Darcy Michaels, another guy that I used to follow on, on MySpace. So it was... But... Me coming into that, I knew, I'm like, I have a baby due in February, and right now, I'm just going to drink everyone's blood, because I'm like, there's no one that's going to take this from me. And everyone did amazing. Like, everyone killed it that night. So, who you know, whoever the judges were that night, I was like, thank you, but... Was that the the clip that I saw that was hosted by Ben Miner? Yeah, was yeah. That, is that the night that you won? Uh, no, that was a semifinal. So oh, that was the night that I that I like basically advanced with Joey and Heidi. Did Ben host the whole thing? Yeah, he, yeah. He pretty He's much also one of my favorite local comedians. Yeah, yeah. Oh, anybody who can mix food and comedy like Ben does. Yeah, exactly. You know, he's kind of giving Nelly. I'm surprised they haven't done a show or something together. together. I know. Well, Even you like know, that's a re- like a food show that I, I know would see. waiting to happen. Right? I should talk to those guys about getting them both here at the same time. Um, and Pat, even that'd be the, the ultimate. Yeah, Ali's food stuff is definitely what's driven him. But I think now that he has four kids, his comedy is about a lot to do with his kids. Yeah, Ben, you know, food is his life after comedy, right? So yeah. I think just like Ben is more food driven these days, where Ali's like, I can't eat. I have four other stomachs to, to feed, feed before yeah. mine. But I mean, he's gonna whip them up like the most delicious thing. Okay, can I can so, a little yeah. tangent I'm gonna go on about Ali. Ali in my fridge is something called G O G. Okay. Because of Ali, which is garlic, onion, ginger, which is pre pureed, put into a jar that sits right. in your fridge. So then anytime you're gonna do like even non Indian cooking, but if you're gonna get your spices going, you just scoop your G O G just to throw dollop, it in. Yeah. A dollop is all you need. Yeah. Depends how you know big your, your dish is, but the G O he is the G O G. <laughs> yeah. Like the OG, he, he's but the, OG, the G-O-G. OG. Yeah. He's the G-O-G. He, he tells me uh, this, and I'm not a food guy. Like, I hate eating, which is funny when we hang out, because sometimes he'll eat, and I'm just like, yeah, I'll just have water and, I'll, like, four fries. And, he, you know, he's getting, like, eight dishes. You know? <laughs> and I hate eating. Like, if I could get a pill, and then that's all I, I could know, do. I don't get you people. I would do, I would definitely You're definitely just for do fuel. That. So, what do you eat? Yeah. <sighs> Also, my you know, my girl's a vegetarian too, and she's like, there's a lot of raw foods going on. So when I do shows, if I'm like done, I'm like, is there a Burger King or pizza? Like anything that's just like minimal. How do you survive on that though? I don't like barely. I think I don't know. 
How do you barely? Yeah, I have like I drink a lot of coffee and I smoke a lot of cigarettes. That that kind of fuels me. And sure. Then, uh, and then because of the thanks to the Joe Rogan podcast, I was like, oh, vitamins. I'll just start taking a lot of those. So you know, so as long as I get the vitamins there. I get What's the your favorite food? Probably butter chicken. Okay, mom's a, mom's own kind uh, of thing. No, because that's a, the one dish she never made. Oh right, because it's up. like the most non-Pakistani yeah, exactly. of the Indian. That makes yeah. more sense now. It's that as I think if like of it. an American made it, came up with that dish. Like when, they, when they're finished inventing General Tao, they're like, nah, "We need something for the Indians. Uh, butter chicken. There you go. <laughs> Sauce, chicken, rice, done." So, are you preparing food for your baby at least? Uh, yeah. Well, that. Um, yeah, we're really big on like. Lucy's really big on, on making, making her own food. I'm still, you know, I'll go and get packaged food, but as long as it says organic, I'm like, all right, I'll, you know, I'll spend an extra three bucks for that. Yeah. So I, you know, I spend a lot of time with her, so I'll make sure that she's eating healthy. But I mean, if she's rolling with me and I'm having a, a junior whopper, well, she's going to, you know, she's going to be trying a bite of that. And <sighs> so the horrible food, she's basically, you know, she's, she's gonna, well, at least it's a balance, right? Between yeah. you and your wife, you got to get a little bit of yin and yang in there. Yeah. And and my girl's definitely the, the business and I'm like, I'm the madness. So, you know, so there's a crazy ju- juxtaposition. I hope we... Business in the front, yeah. party in the back. Yeah, right. <laughs> party in the butt. <laughs> What material has been coming out of your baby in this newfound love and life that you have? Yeah, I mean, um, before the baby, I think my act was, uh, I was like this slacker Muslim, you know, who like drinks Jameson and smokes weed and, you know, accident, tells a story about accidentally smoking heroin one time. And uh, so now, now that I got this baby and now it's kind of, I think I'm trying to like, it's the struggle of like kind of letting letting that go, you know. Um, and like I think that's where I'm trying to find the comedy. And uh, yeah, it's not working that well. <laughs> uh, but I kind of you know because it's that trap. A new comic, uh, a comic has a new baby, and like like that baby is just gonna like find itself into the into absolutely, the act, you know? and that's it should. A lot of material there. Yeah, and so I'm just sort of trying to figure, you know, trying to figure out how, how to balance that. Is it just hard to make that transition for you because of your previous material subject matter? Uh, yeah, I think so. But I think, like, and, like, that's the, the character was just like, oh, like, this slacker Muslim guy, now he's got a baby. How is he going to do it all, you know? So... It's the misadventures. I haven't seen Ali's show, The Muslim Interrupted, but I, you know, I have a feeling that we're we're kind of like there's some parallels that were, you know, because he, you know, he was also uh, a party a party guy back yeah. in the day. I mean, he's lived many lives. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Ali's kids. When you're old enough, I'll tell you stories. <laughs> Uncle Faisal. Yeah, horrible, horrible stories. So you win serious. What were yeah. some of your you know, you don't have to, I'm not going to put you on the spot and make you tell a bunch of jokes, but like, what are, what are some of your favorite jokes from that experience that really put you on the top, you feel? Um, I think it's the, uh, my main joke, and that's like usually what I open with. I, I mean, I always say a joke about my name, but the one where, uh, you know, I'm just like this brown guy and I'm looking at a crowd of, of white people and just the, just like, hey, white people, you know what? We have something in common. I also have white friends and I just do this bit about, my my white friends will come up and they make these jokes about me like, yeah, you look like a terrorist. And, and so I think one of the punchlines, I'm, I'm worried about ruining it, but just like, uh, you know, like the only people I'm terrorist, I'm, I'm a 38 year old unemployed whiskey drinking pot smoking Muslim who's dating 
a white girl from London, England. So the only people I'm terrorizing are my parents. And I, and that always like, you know, gets, a, I don't know, it just sets the crowd right, you know, because like they, now they know what to expect, kind of, right? And that's like kind of my favorite joke, but it sets the tone. I think you can get a really good idea when I, not, not butchering the joke. Well, I know. And, and sorry, I don't mean to be putting you <laughs> on the spot. I like that joke that you do. And I love how at the end of the bit, you do a Chinese accent <laughs> right, yeah. to fool people, uh, you know, as you're making fun of your parents who are disappointing you. But you nail that or that yeah, Asian should, accent. Yeah I, yeah. I mean, I say I'm, um, I'm really bad with accents, but I've been trying to do accents. But I, I, you know, I can't do accents in my act. Like Russell's already cornered that like that accent bit that's russell's you know when he does like vietnamese chinese people he is very good at that you know and also i it's 2016 and i just don't want to hear brown like indian comics doing the oh my father or this is what he sounds like when he orders a big mac and i'm like i and your dad doesn't even sound like no and but like ali's he ali doesn't really do an accent like i you know what i mean so I, i i appreciate that shift where we don't need to do that because back in the day people were like you know i've had comedy club owners be like hey how come you don't do the accent in your act i'm like what because i don't want to yeah i shouldn't have to do it what what's the link or like what can they search to see that joke of you performing uh on serious if you uh put Faisal butt in youtube i think i'm the yeah. second okay there's a another Faisal butt in pakistan riding motorcycles against a white guy because it says Faisal Butt and Gora, and Gora means white, white dude, and that's got like five hundred thousand hits. And then my clip is like underneath that, and it's like seven fifty, seven hundred and fifty. <laughs> like that's it. So I don't know why people are, keep watching that video. And then there's another Faisal Butt in London, England, who's uh, like a hot shot real estate guy. Same spelling. Same spelling. He's the one who got FaisalButt.com. Oh, and so. So I'll get a, occasionally I'll get like hit some of his like follow his Twitter followers and then like people will get so and we haven't met or spoken or acknowledged each other yet but so it's between uh, us three a Faisal Butt who rides motorcycles and the Faisal Butt who's the uh, hot shot in London. Well, let's plug your Twitter. Yeah, so and I any of your social medias that I do have. So that's fa- that's just Faisal Butt, uh, F A I S A L B U T T. And then uh, you can find me on Facebook. That's where I'm the most active. And then actually, everyone's all about what is it, Snapchat, Chap Snap, Snapchat, Snapchat. Yeah, so uh, so I'm on that. I'm figuring that. And then I'm that I'm uh, Faisal Buttons. So so what I've done is I've gotten everything. So I have Faisal Buttons on Twitter, Facebook, Chap Snap, whatever it is. Like whatever new social media is, I'll make sure to get Faisal Butt, but also get Faisal Buttons. And then my alias, which is Jack Chirac. So I'll just make sure I have all of those. And we can regularly see you at Absolute. Yeah, Absolute. Uh, there's a new... My my other home club is the the Corner Comedy Club, which is like Queen and John. And uh, this is like a small, it's a small club. It only seats 30 people. What's that like? Uh, I love it. I mean, people... Comics from out of town will come in, and it's just like it's really intimate. It's really it's really small. It's almost the size of this room, right? Wow. Um, yeah. So it's like it's a really great room to play, to do cra- like work on your crowd work because the cra- like the crowd is literally like in your face, so it's hard not to miss them. 
Yeah, and, and I see a lot of comedians doing intimate shows, or they'll do a bunch that night, you know, ticketed events where you can easily fill, you know, yeah. three shows worth of 30 people. Yeah, and the, the owner of this, this of the Corner Comedy Club was just like a fan of stand-up. Uh, he would be at the Underground a lot, Joe Tichito, he you know, he's there a lot, and uh, and just like the space opened up, and he's in construction, so he built the club himself. Oh, wow. Uh, and now he's just kind of giving us this forum, so which is great because he'll uh, give a comic a whole night. So you know, call it like Ali Hassan and friends, or Faisal Butt and friends, and then so you know we pick who we want to open for us or who to host, and then you know we just do our time. So there's a seven o'clock, and nine o'clock, and eleven o'clock show. So so there's comedy happening there like every night, and uh, it's not hard to fill thirty seats, and that's <laughs> that's where I'm at right now. You know, Ali's doing theaters. I'm coming for you, buddy. Well, I I'll mean, you got to start somewhere. And yeah, it's not absolutely. like you are starting. Let's be honest here, Faisal. You're, you're clearly putting the work in, and yeah. it's only a matter of time that we see a lot more from you. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming. Thanks for having you me. You know, man. Absolute Comedy, Corner Comedy Club, lots of great spots to check out Faisal Butt. Keep listening to this podcast, guys. <laughs> thank you so much. I, I have to say, when I reached out to Faisal coming on the show, he just said the nicest things. And, you know, all my friends have been doing this show. I'd love to come in. And it's, it's a big honor to have you here today. Oh, thanks, man. I'm Alex Ross of Ross Never Sleeps. This Sleep is- tight. Oh, yeah. oh, sorry. I just, no, that's good. I saw two fingers pointing at me. I'm like, <laughs> I was going to say, sleep tight. It's like we're finishing each other's sentences. All right. All right. right. Okay. Bye, folks. Later. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. 